Welcome to Inspire Her Health, your podcast for all things her. We are a one-stop shop dedicated to inspiring you to live your best by providing the latest tips, tricks, and stories from leading experts in the industry. Our mission is to bring women just like you together in an inspiring community to enhance your mind, body, and life in the healthiest way possible. Welcome, sister. You're in the right place. This is where you belong. So let's begin. This episode is brought to you by our favorite superfood company, Energy Bits. Energy Bits are tiny nutrition tablets that contain spirulina and chlorella algae. These algae tablets are safe, pure, and packed with over 40 micronutrients and plenty of protein. These fast, easy, convenient raw tablets can be swallowed, chewed, added to smoothies, salads, trail mix, or other healthy snacks. Now, not all algae is created high quality, but at Inspire Her Health, we trust and stand behind Energy Bits tablets because they are the only algae brand sold, endorsed, trusted, and used by doctors, nutritionists, and wellness professionals nationwide. They are also endorsed by over 50 Olympic athletes and professional athletes. So whether you're an athlete yourself, a mom like me, working professional, wellness buff, or somebody in between, these superfood tablets are sure to help improve your immune system, energy, focus, hunger, beauty, nutrition, and overall health. Visit Energy Bits website to learn more and order your LG superfood tablets today. Go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off. Once again, go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off your order of these amazing algae superfood tablets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspire Her Health Podcast. I'm Christine Nicole, your host, CEO, and founder of Inspire Her Health. So I have a question for you. Do you ever wonder what it really takes to keep a relationship long-term, whether it be a marriage, you know, uh, a new relationship that you're in, any sort of loving romantic relationship? Do you ever look at people who are just they just seem to have it all worked out and all together. And they have those perfect relationships that we all aspire to have. Do you ever wonder what it actually takes to keep the relationship healthy and keep it going long-term? Well, to answer that question, I brought on relationship experts, uh, Yakum and Natasha. They are a married couple. They have gone through struggles up and down in their marriage, uh, and communication was a big problem for the longest time. They decided before their marriage got too out of hand and they wanted to save it, they decided to take matters in their own hands and really turn their relationship around for the best. And as a result of doing this, they were inspired to make it their life mission to help other people with their relationships and help heal the wounds that can sometimes go undiagnosed and sometimes go untreated in your relationship as well. So today we are going to dive into the top seven ways that 
and tips and tricks that you can do in your relationship to keep it strong, last long and loving for years to come. So without further ado, let's listen to Yakum and Natasha talk all about how to keep your relationship strong long-term. So welcome Yakum and Natasha to the show. So excited to have you on with us today. How are you guys doing? Really well. Yeah, really good. Thank you for having us. You are so welcome. Now, this is a a very unique podcast episode. Um, Majority of our listeners are women and and all the people who've come on have all been women, but we have a couple here today to talk to us about relationship advice and in specifically seven ways to make our relationships last. And so I'm really, really excited to hear both of you guys and especially a, a, you know, a perspective from a male's perspective as well too. So I think that our listeners are really going to love this because it's really unique. So before we start, why don't you guys just kind of you know, introduce yourself a little bit, tell, tell our audience a little bit of a background story and what brought you into the relationship coaching space? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we are relationship coaches. We actually work together. We're married, but you know, it's, it's, it's a different ball game when you have to face each other at work and at home. <laughs> and so we can't get away and we have to deal with, you know, household and the work and everyday stuff. So it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. Um, we were coaches uh, long before we, we, we did uh, relationship work. But what we realized always is that, you know, a lot of challenges that people face often in life are just between people, whether it's at work or it's at home or, you know, those things that really kind of bother us or are deep down kind of like, oh, I, I really need to figure that out. It really has to do with um, relationships and and the most intimate relationships, those those are the ones where we give the most and yet we also feel like we hurt the most and how do we navigate that and for us to um you know we've been together for pretty much a decade at this point um but we've gone through a lot of ups and downs a lot of ups and downs and it always starts off pretty good and i think a lot of people would agree that that's what tends to happen you meet someone and you think oh they could be the one you get to know them it's like oh a very interesting person and then you kind of go through that phase where you can't get enough of each other and then uh, you, you know you start to commit more and more you, whether you move in or you get married and for me I had to move continents I had to move from uh, Canada to Switzerland to be with him so you know you've got to make some sacrifices too but as we you know really moved in together and this relationship turned into that kind of long-term engagement and we're living together and creating a life together little things start to come up and we didn't think very much of it because we thought it was so normal like a little bit of nagging here a little bit of you know trying to persuade him slash manipulate him so he would do kind of what I want him to and you know these little things start to come up a little bit of passive aggressiveness you know not direct communication and it slowly built up and we thought who who doesn't do this this is like normal couple stuff right but over time our relationship actually got more and more toxic in a very 
relatable way. It wasn't like we were nasty to one another, but we started to bring out the worst in each other versus the best. And personally, from my side, you can share your side of the story, kind of what you went through. But for me, I was always such a huge conflict avoider. And that showed like 100% within our relationship, meaning if something bothered me and, and Yahim could see it, he'll be like, hey, what's wrong? And I'd be like, oh, nothing, you know, I'm, I'm fine. And I didn't think I needed to voice stuff that bothered me. I didn't realize we could work through it. I just thought that it doesn't really matter that much if something's not quite right. And so I, I said yes a lot. I said yes a lot and I avoided a lot of stuff that I felt. I, you know, I felt things, but I just didn't know how to say it. I didn't know how to communicate it. I didn't understand it. But at some point when you keep saying yes and you start to betray yourself and you start to say yes to things that eventually cross your boundaries. So at some point we got to a point where we were really hurting one another because we've created this relationship that was a bit of a Frankenstein where I kept saying yes to stuff, but it didn't feel right. And then I didn't know how to backtrack and kind of backpedal and be like, oops, I actually didn't mean that. That actually hurt. So, you know, let's, let's restart. I didn't know how to do that. I thought, oh, the moment I give him more freedom, the moment I say yes to that, I can't take his happiness away. I can't take a man's freedom away. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I personally hit a breaking point where I was so unhappy because every day I was doing things and saying things that wasn't true to me. And I didn't know how to voice it. I was so bad at dealing with conflict and speaking out for myself, to be honest. So we, we hit that very, 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 very low point And we had to reassess, like, this is not making us happy. So why are we together? There's love, but why does it feel terrible to be together? Like, wh why do these conversations about the problems that we're facing always end up in tears, always end up with the same conversation that doesn't ever go anywhere? And we could just hit this brick wall and we hit this brick wall and we bring it up and we try to resolve it. And it's just the same thing. We don't get beyond it. So that, that was where we really questioned whether we should even stay together or not. Right. So, you know, that's how we actually end up then going into the relationship coaching space is that once we hit that breaking point and we made it through and we started the healing process and we actually um, healed our own relationship, we realized, you know, we can actually help people with it as well. Uh, because we like to it would kind of be a disconnect if our relationship would be a complete mess and we're like helping people with their relationship that doesn't feel quite right so we have gone through you know the difficult periods and we have come out stronger at the other end and we can we actually now know how great you know how good it can really get because a lot of people think in you know, the honeymoon is the best thing and then from there it's a little bit downhill and actually no it can get better and better uh, once you make it through some of the difficult you know rough patches Mm hmm. You know, I love how you said that, you know, it's so true. And the thing is, you hear so many people getting to that level where you guys were at where it was so low, and you were asking yourself, is it really worth continuing? 
And oftentimes people just give up at that point. They think if we are, if we're going through so much hurt in our relationship, you know, is it worthwhile? And a lot of them just say no. And the amazing thing is, is that you guys pushed through that and then found your love and your spark again. And now you're helping other people with their relationship. Because honestly, I hear from, you know, even just my friends and family, they struggle so much in their relationships. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, you know, your story, Natasha, really, you know, has hit home with me in a lot of ways with, you know, close friends of mine that I've had that, you know, especially playing the women role, the feminine role, a lot of times women are afraid to speak up and, and, you know, just like you were, you were afraid to really step into your power and, and, and voice what you were feeling and what you wanted. And you hear that a lot. So that's quite the story. And it's quite amazing that you guys are sitting here today and going to be inspiring our audience on how to really just, you know, take charge of their relationship and really make it last. So thank you for sharing. So do you guys want to just kind of take it away on the seven ways to make your relationship last? Do you want to just start and we'll just start with number one and kind of go on that way? Does that sound good to you? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. So the first one is, I have it written down here, is honesty. So talk to us about that. Right. So there's the honesty goes, when we think about honesty, we always think about honesty to other people. Uh, and that's 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 true. You know, it, it is good. And actually, we had that from the beginning because at the beginning, we had a long distance relationship. So uh, Natasha was in Canada. I was in Switzerland at the beginning in the US, but later in Switzerland. So you have to be honest uh, and you have to trust each other because otherwise, where, where, where are you going to go? Like, you know, I can do whatever I want. She could be doing whatever she wants. So honesty and open communication are so vital in the relationship. And we always have said that we're not going to hide anything. We actually, you know, stood true by that through all difficult times even. However, it is difficult to be honest to your partner if you're not honest to yourself. Mm-hmm. So the honesty starts with yourself and actually is often the most difficult part is to be really honest to yourself and be vulnerable with yourself first and realize, you know, actually I'm, I'm hurt or I don't like this and fully realizing that and then communicating that that can be actually a challenge, mm-hmm. you know, because often we like to portray, uh, yeah, we are strong and powerful and whatever, but maybe not. Maybe actually in this moment you feel weak. And maybe in this moment you feel hurt. And so that is what needs to be where the honesty comes in. Yeah. And it's so important to have that open communication. And I think a lot of us, you know, especially during the honeymoon phase, we don't want to show our vulnerable sides during that time. Right. And then we continue on maybe hiding that during the rest of our relationship, thinking that's what our partner wants. Like, you know, we want to be this picture perfect, you know, woman or man in our relationship, but we, and we're really afraid to show that vulnerable side. So, you know, I love how you said that. Just be honest, be honest with your feelings, be honest with yourself. Natasha, do you have anything that you want to say? Definitely. And so I have to say that the reason why we were able to turn from that really low point in our relationship and move on from it is because I was able to finally face how deeply wounded and hurt I was. Until that point, I 
like you said, just pretended like it was okay, but it became so unbearable. And and at some point for me, emotionally, it just hurt too much. I I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't put myself through it anymore. And because of that, I knew there was a conversation to be had because I've I've reached that breaking point. So I had to tell Yahim, this is where I'm at. This is how I feel. And it was really when I was honest with myself with how I was feeling, what was really going on inside. And I said that to him that, you know, for for the first time, we've repeated the conversation again and again, try to resolve things. But when I truly told him how I felt, I saw this recognition in, in his eyes, like an understanding, a true recognition of, whoa, is that what you're going through? Like, oh, I see now. I can see your hurt. I can see what's going on within you. And only from there were we able to actually get to the bottom of things. Because until then, we were having so-called honest communication, but he didn't actually get my message and where I was at and how we could help one another you know, heal and, and work things out. So that's the power of honesty. It saved us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Now, Natasha, do you feel like um, maybe that block when you were talking to him, you know, prior to the fact that you, was it prior to the fact before you really were honest with yourself? And is that why he wasn't really understanding you? Cause you weren't coming from your full truth because you had not been honest with yourself. Yeah. It's, it's so scary. And I kind of remember that it's so scary to admit to yourself that your partner has been hurting you or that you've been hurting yourself too, by consenting to things that you don't agree with, by saying yes to things that cross your boundaries and things like that. But to really come down to the conclusion, honestly, that we are hurting one another, that this is no longer working. We can't engage in this relationship in this way because it is that bad. It is that hurtful. You know, it breaks the trust. You know, those are things we don't want to feel and we don't want to say. Like, first of all, you don't want to feel it. And then secondly, you don't want to say it. And, and, you don't want to say it out loud, not just that, but you don't want to say it, bring it up in conversation because the moment you do, it feels like you can't control it. It feels like this can of worms, like, oh, then it's out. And then, and then what? Maybe he feels blamed. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with this mess, you know? So there's a lot of question marks there the moment you, you, you bring that all up. And I was really scared of that. I was really scared of that. But I think unless you want to stay in this fog where you don't really know where your partner's at and your partner doesn't know where you're at and you're in this fog trying to create some kind of relationship, it won't last, right? Because we're the goal here is to make it last. So this is necessary, a foundational piece. Now, would you guys be able to maybe just give the audience a quick tip if it's something that they're they're listening to and they're saying, hey, you know, I think that I really resonate with what they're saying. I think there's part of me that is not being honest with myself and my partner. 
and maybe they're a little bit scared or they don't really know how to bring that out in themselves. Can you give them a, a, some tips, some things they can do that would help? Mm, right. Well, first of all, what, what is most important in, in this kind of situation is that there's, a, there's something that's going on in, inside of us that we believe it is the end of the world or that it's going to last forever. Like you have some kind of negative emotions, right? Which which usually associate with being honest. It's like, okay, so you have been lying to yourself, so you're going to be honest. You're scared. And that makes you not want to be honest, right? And that emotion is is can be quite intense. And the more intense it is, the more real it feels to us, right? So we're getting hypnotized by our own emotion, thinking this is it and it's the end of me and it, it, it's the end of the world and all of that. And so what I'm going to suggest is that this is temporary. Okay, that this is not actually something that's here to stay forever. And I'm going to say the louder the screams, the less true it actually is. I love that. Because we think we, that, the, that we have to listen to the one that's screaming loudest. And most of the time, actually, no, it's the quiet voice inside. And what happens again and again is that you have this huge monster under the bed you know you think it's humongous and you you bring it out and you become honest and you do all of that and it doesn't turn out to be as bad as you thought so we are living in this fear this projection of our mind thinking it's real not realizing it's a projection and so just knowing that can really help to be like okay it looks really scary but let's just do it anyways mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be as big as our mind makes it out to be. I think, you know, especially with emotions involved, emotions make things, you know, 10 times, 100 times more dramatic than they need to be for sure. So I love that analogy about really not thinking that it's a scary monster at the end of the day. And if you actually get it out, it probably won't be so bad. So thank you for that. So are we, do you guys feel like we're ready to move on to number two now? Yeah. Yes. So let's talk about commitment. That is number two. That is a very important word. So let's, let's dive into that. Yeah, it is. It is a really important word. And we have, we keep bringing up a quote sometimes on our website called um, an exceptional relationship takes an exceptional commitment. And it is really is true. It holds true for not just relationships, but for anything you want to do in in life. If you want to achieve something, what's going to see you through is commitment to it and commitment doesn't mean that you're riled up and like yeah i'm gonna do like 20 push-ups today and 30 push-ups tomorrow and like yeah i can do this that's nothing to do with commitment again that's relying on this kind of screaming off the emotions no a commitment is very clear like i gotta catch an airplane today i'm gonna go to the airplane on time and i'll be there i don't have to rile myself up yeah i'm gonna go catch the airplane i'm gonna get the taxi now i'm gonna dial the number like no that is unnecessary it really is unnecessary it is a a clear sense of just i'm committed it's a decision and it focuses right and it so how does that apply into relationship is that you're committing to the relationship and what that relationship stands for you're committing to your partner And it is easy to say, I am committed when you have, you know, all the nice feelings. It's a different thing when it gets a bit more challenging. But here's the truth. Any relationship can get challenging. You can't outrun yourself. Okay, so just switching a relationship is there's no guarantee that the next relationship is going to be different. Yeah, for some some people it is. And we're not saying that that 
staying together is always the right thing. But in many times, what you're facing are your own insecurities, are your own fears, or your own emotional baggage that you're carrying around. And so going through that can liberate you beyond imagination, you know. And then when you go through that, you know, what you can bring into the relationship is a much more healthy and a whole sense of self. But without the commitment, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And also, when it comes to commitment, what we've seen again and again, and again in couples is that they want to throw in the towel in two in two cases one is where they face a hiccup or some conflict or some issue within their relationship and they don't think there is a solution out there to resolve it they just think it's hopeless there isn't one we're doomed that's one when you think there is no way no way out then then it's over for you you feel like there's nothing to commit to anymore. But that might not be true, right? It's just that at this moment with the information you have, with what you've experienced so far, you don't see a way. But that doesn't mean that someone professionally can't help you out. Or when you read another book, it will get an aha moment that suddenly it opens up and it's like, of course there is a way. I see it now. You know, I've learned something new. So that's one where people really falter in this commitment um, category. And then another case where scenario where people throw throw in the towel is also when they they see a solution or they think, oh, that's the answer. That's the way to, you know, get through this problem. But they don't believe they can do it or they don't believe the partner and, and her, they, they can't do it. So when they doubt themselves they doubt whether it would work for them they doubt the process then they also want to quit because in both cases people want to quit and no longer commit to this you know whatever it is this love that they want to have they want to quit when they they think there's no hope but with commitment yes there's action yes there's clarity there's focus it takes a level of faith and hope Mm. You don't know where things will go. You don't know if you have to answer right now. There, there is a lot of um, unknown to relationships. I've known Yahim for a long time. We spend a lot of time together. I don't know the next sentence he's going to say. I don't know at all. I can't predict anything, you know. But that doesn't mean that if you, you are, you find yourself in these two cases that you have to let it go that you have to give up already. Maybe there is a solution, you just don't know it yet. Maybe you can do whatever process or you know skill, develop it, whatever it is that you think is the answer. Maybe you can do it, but maybe not just on your own or not the, the, the current way that you're you know, trying to address things. So hope is necessary. And just because you find yourself in these two scenarios doesn't mean you have to give up already. Mm. I just want to add to it. Um, commitment has always been important, but it's especially important in today's society. And the reason is because we have a smartphone and you have an app called Tinder or whatever, mm-hmm. and you go on there and you can just swipe left and right and find your next person that you can spend the night with. You know, so so the relationship has almost become like fast food. You know, whatever suits and and, and just yeah, enjoy for a little bit and then move on. But with this kind of attitude, what we miss out on is actually being truly seen. 
mm-hmm. because you have you know you go dating yes you're on your best behavior you put all those things on the side uh, when you're in a relationship in a committed relationship and you're together for a while you live together and all of that you are going to see other sides of your partner and yourself that you might not even know but this is then the power of actually being seen of actually seeing your partner this is where true love comes in and not just uh, you know the the high that nature has given us that's going to last for you know three months six months or however long you eventually come down to that and then it's a conscious love and a conscious choice to love and the fulfillment is much better than just this high from the from the honeymoon so that's why the commitment today is so 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 vital because there's so many choices Mm -hmm. yeah you're so right it's like our modern day relationships are so much more complicated in so many ways than they were you know let's talk about 100 years ago or even 50 years ago right there is a lot of you know especially for both ends like there's a lot of temptation that once you hit a stagnant part of your relationship or a ne- you're going through a negative time, there's a lot of temptation to find another mate or to find someone temporarily to fill that void that you're going through. And if you are one of those people that have issues, you know, emotional issues, r- reasons why you're afraid of committing because you don't want to open up, just like you said, Yaka, um, you know, having those, those temptations out there is, is dangerous for sure. So yes, commitment is very, very important. And I'm glad we touched base on that. So shall we move on to number three? Yes. So let's move on to number three. And this is service. Now talk about service. (laughs) All right. This one is actually as well, really, really, really important. And many people really don't get it at all. They, they think what's in it for me for the relationship. It's about oh, what the other person is not doing right, what they're not giving me. It's about taking, right? And, and, and that is not a real relationship. It, 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 it's just a, a trying to get something out from the other person. And what we're suggesting with the word service is that attitude has to go. It really has to go. And instead, what has to come in is me turning towards Natasha and asking myself, how can I be of service to her? And Natasha turning towards me asking, how can I be service to him, right? That is a completely different attitude. Now, there's going to be fear involved because like, well, if I turn to service, they're going to just, you know, take advantage of it and and like, oh my God, like, this is not going to work. You know, I'm going to be so exposed and all of that. And, and what about me? Like, what about me, <laughs> right? And this is the old kind of ideas still talking. Uh, but what you can find out is that when you truly become of service, it actually is a win-win situation. It becomes more pleasurable to be of service to someone else than just to try and take from the other person. And so, so that really can shift the entire dynamic of the relationship. Uh, you know, after the honeymoon, a lot of people go through a phase of kind of a power struggle. Service is what can end this power struggle because in service, there's no power struggle. You're, you're simply wanting to help the other person. You want to lift them up. You're giving yourself to the other person as they're giving themselves to you. Mm-hmm. Within the power struggle, a lot of people also begin to take score. Mm. So he did that and now I should do this. There's a lot of shoulds at that point, right? Or like, I'm going to do this so that he will do that for me. And keeping score breaks a lot of relationships because it'll never be even ever 
even if it, I don't know, if, technically speaking with the time and effort you put in mathematically, somehow you, you balance the sheet, <laughs> it will not feel even, it won't feel even, right? So this is, this is really key. Uh, it can bring in a lot of harmony. It'll increase your intimacy because you're here to connect. You're here to connect. You're here to bring out the best in each other, right? So your intentions go away from what am I lacking and how do I get it out of him or her, which can turn into, you know, a bit of, you know, nagging there, a bit of passive aggressive that, you know, to, in order to get what you want, right? Um, so it, it can drop a lot of those behaviors and those um, kind of dysfunctional communication styles and, and kind of bring you back as a team, bring you back as a team, bring you back to that love and that connection. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that also ties into honesty because you need to be honest with yourself and with your partner to tell them what you, your needs are and the things that you would like from them. Right. Um, I think that, you know, also some of the, the listeners out there have probably read the five love languages. I think that's the book. And, you know, that that's another way of, of doing acts of service is finding out which partner's love languages and maybe doing more of that. Right. If they like words of affirmation, that's my love language. I love being told every day that, you know, somebody loves me and all these things that that can really, you know, really help as well, for sure. Yeah. And, and just imagine, right, like your relationship's going on, uh, going on still going, and you've, you've passed the honeymoon stage, so you're no longer infatuated with one another. How attractive will you find your partner if they're just there for you, and they're present, and they're going, what can I do for you today? You know, like, what can I, like, give to you, you know, today? Like, really from their heart, not keeping score, versus someone who's Hey, so, uh, you know, I, I uh, fixed the fence, right? So um, <laughs> then you bring up, you know, something you want. You know, like, Whoa, can you feel the energy difference there? Like, <laughs> so the first, the first one that we're coming from service, it's so attractive. It, 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 it connects you like a magnet. You know, you're, you're this team. It's beautiful. Well, the second one, it's like, oh, ooh, it's, like, it's like a person on the street, like, trying to barter and I don't know make you buy something from them you're like no 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 I, I don't need it I don't want it like get, get away from me you know I don't need that so so just a comparison now do you guys have like a like a, a real life you know example of how you two you know something something that each of you know the other person likes and you make sure that you that you do that for each other um you know either day to day or during your relationship Yep. So one thing is that we do ask on a regular basis what I could do uh, for Natasha or she for me. Uh, and the other thing is I, I know that we come back to the love languages and Natasha's love language is acts of service. So for me, I know that, you know, doing some household work and whatever, that will be really appreciated by Natasha. And so that's what I do uh, for her. Uh, to to show my love so that's a, a a conscious choice of of showing her my love because my love language is not acts of service and i do not like housework <laughs> now my now my my um attitude towards it has changed but it wouldn't have changed if i wouldn't have been willing to go in and be of service to her 
Uh, and at the beginning, as you can hear, I was not very happy about it. <laughs> I was like, damn, this is not good. Like, Pick can't another you have one. different love language? <laughs> oh. But this is where, what, what love does. You turn towards each other and, you know, you, it becomes something different in your attitude towards something you might not even like and completely shift because you can see what it does for the other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you can learn to enjoy it because you, you're doing it out of love, right? So just yeah. like your example, if you don't like, you know, <laughs> scrubbing the toilets or vacuuming or taking out the trash, you're, you're doing it because you love the other person and it makes it a little bit more digestible, right? For sure. Anything to say, Natasha? Do you have anything to comment on that or no? <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes I feel like it's, it's also a matter of communication. Um, for example, I, I remember the other day, I just said to him, oh, I bought a bunch of, uh, like, I don't know, gluten-free flour or something. I was like, can you make me pancakes? I was so excited. And I haven't made this type of pancake. I just fail. Like, I was so nervous for myself. But I was like, I love to have those pancakes. Can you make them for me? And he's like, oh, it looks like, like you would really enjoy it. I was like, yes, I, I do really want some. He's like, yeah, well, I can do it. But I but when it comes to that day, right, where uh, the ingredient arrives, because, you know, COVID ordering stuff online, the, the ingredient arrives and he's making it for breakfast. I'm not going to be like a hawk over his shoulder. Oh, honey, a bit less oil there. No, I said the blueberries in the middle. I'm not going to do any of that. I've asked, I've said what I would love. He said yes. And I'm going to let this man do this service however he wishes. I'm not going to tell him how many pancakes mm. with what filling. I'm not going to go into the fridge and measure it out for him. No, I'm not going to teach him, you know, or, or like, if there's like some instructions or some recipe, I'll send it to him, but I'm not going to babysit this process of him giving something to me. And I think as women, as much as we all oh, pamper me, pamper me, love me, you have to actually do that. You have to let him pamper. You have to let him do that for you. Walk away, walk away and just receive. Don't manage the situation, right? So that's something I had to learn myself because I, I used to be very controlling and very detailed and asking yeah, him, oh, mop like this, clean like that. But no, he doesn't need that. He wants to do it his way. He wants to help and it's going to help and it's going to be nice. Don't manage this man. <laughs> Oh, I love how you said that. Natasha is so true. You know, especially coming from a woman's point of view, a mother's point of view, we're so used to doing everything and having it done and we know how to do it right. And it is, it is very easy for us to fall into that. Oh, you're doing it wrong. Let me just do it. Or, you know, you know, sitting behind them and like micromanaging every step. But I think, you know, getting what you were saying, and it's, it's just all about enjoying the process and then enjoying the outcome without having attachment to it. If the pancakes don't work out and he burns them, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's about it's about him doing it for you, right? <laughs> yeah. I can do it better the next time, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just give a, the, the male perspective here, it can be quite heartbreaking uh, when you're being micromanaged mm -hmm. and when when and, and all of that because it shows that she's not trusting you. Yeah. And 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 I think some women don't realize that that when they're doing that because they're probably doing it with good intentions because they want it a certain way but if it's done excessively it can push the man away um, a lot because it's like well you don't trust me i'm doing this for you and then it's not good enough 
on top of that so so it's like like it, it really can go go the wrong way so this is actually quite a vital point oh thank you so much for giving some clarity because i'm sure that's like a light bulb just went off in a lot of women's and including mine head when you talked about that because it's so nice to have the the perspective of you know the female and the male in a relationship and that's what makes you guys so unique working together because usually it's usually one or the other right when when you're getting relationship coaching so mm -hmm. thank you there so let's move on to number four and that's understanding and there's a few levels to that so i'll let you guys take that away right so so yes this understanding is is, is quite vital in, in many many regards uh the three levels that we lined out is that you want to understand yourself you want to understand your partner and you want to understand through relationships okay um it is important and it's also a trap to a certain degree um, and let me explain why because understanding um, is often associated with the idea of ha having mental objects and thinking this is how the world is this is how my partner is this is how i am and what you do unknowingly by doing that is you put them into a mental box and you put yourself into a mental box and you put relationships into a mental box and you are disconnected with reality okay understanding at the most fundamental level is seeing in each moment a person fresh the relationship fresh right don't get stale concepts and ideas get stale the moment the now doesn't get stale it's new and it's fresh <laughs> if it's stale it's because you're somewhere in your mind thinking you're present when you're actually not so with that in mind we can look at the the three areas understanding yourself of course is is, is absolutely vital because when you know how you work when you know that you have a certain way of receiving love you can communicate that when you know that you have certain hang-ups um, you can communicate that, right? Uh, I know that um, I can be harsh, for example. That was one of my defense mechanisms. Knowing that I can see when it arises and I can choose not to engage with it. And I can learn other ways to go into the relationship that are going to be more beneficial. So that is all about understanding yourself. And that's a constant process, which is why you don't want to categorize and think it's fixed because you're going to change and the other person is going to change, right? Mm-hmm. All right, the, the understanding your, your partner, um, again, watch out to not put them into the box, uh, but it's, okay, what are their needs? How do they receive love? Uh, how do they express love? What, is, what are their strengths? Maybe what are some of the, of, of the weaknesses? We all have our weaknesses, you know, not in a judgmental way, but this is, it can, it can really strengthen the relationship knowing that this, because especially working together at the beginning, <laughs> you know um, we were unaware of how different we were even though we were together for years by then you know so you, you think you would understand each other and you would know each other well you work together our brains are like they're totally different and i'm thinking about the world in very different ways and it's that's good that's actually very good because you can be complementary to each other because many people are trying to make their partner like them and it's like mm -hmm. really do you want to date yourself how boring <laughs> is that <laughs> <laughs> and the and the last piece is is, is relationship there are certain mechanics uh, in a relationship that are playing out there are certain stages the relationship can go through there are issues that are fairly common in relationships that can arise there are solutions to problems out there so making yourself knowledgeable like reading a simple book like the five love languages can make a big difference and when it comes to understanding relationships 
we think we know because we've had many relationships. We have friends, we have family, we have co-workers. We think we know. But take this. Usually when couples come to us, they have a problem. You know, they're facing something difficult. And we ask them, well, when you got married or when you really committed to one another, why did you do that? What were you trying to create in that moment? Your happiest times, like when you're like, yes, we're going to be together now. We're going to move in now. We're going to get married now. In those moments, what were you trying to create? Like what kind of life? What kind of relationship? Why did you do that? They look at us like with a, like a blank stare, like, oh, oh yeah. Um, what, what were we aiming for? I'm not sure. I thought we were just a good match. So things would keep going well. And, and we're like, okay, that's a good starting point. But most of us don't know. Not, not only do we not understand relationships, we don't even know what kind of relationship we want. What, what is that North Star? What are we trying to achieve here? What's our dream relationship? How do we want to feel every day? How do we want to show up? You know, how do you want your partner to show up? no idea right never really thought about it you just assumed things will go so well and hey we can blame hollywood like things are supposed to go on forever and <laughs> everything will be fine you know but we need that go you know north star we need clarity of what is it that we're trying to create what feels right for me and that's that's a really good starting point to understand relationships for you for you to divine it for yourself for you and your partner yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think, you know, a lot of us can go on autopilot, especially given the fact that we're on such a busy schedules and our lives are, you know, we've got so much on our plate that we can just have tunnel vision, just our vision. What are we, what are we doing? What are we focused on? And you kind of forget about your partner. You forget about what brought you together. You forgot about, you know, what your dreams were when you, when you originally start, were in the honeymoon phase or decided to make those big life changes. So that's a really good one to really sit down and talk about, right? Open that conversation up. I love that. Do you have any more to say about this topic on understanding or we are good on this one? Awesome. So let's move right along to number five and that's presence. So let's talk about that. All right. Presence is, well, it, it's quite a deep topic, to be honest. Um, many people nowadays are on their phone constantly. That is not presence. That is consuming, and that's getting lost in your phone. And you can see, um, and it can be a bit heartbreaking, you go out and someone you know, is on their date night. You can obviously see that they're on date night, and both are on their phone. It's like, with whom are you in your date night with? Are you with your phone on your date night <laughs> or your partner? Okay. Presence in, in its most, in a simplistic way, is where you're giving your attention to. Are you valuing your partner in this moment? Are you with them? Or are you valuing your thoughts about what you're going to make for lunch and how yesterday was and what you're going to do tomorrow more? Mm -hmm. Right. Presence is being here now with your partner and actually feeling them, not thinking about what you should say next, not judging them, not thinking that they're not good enough or, oh, there we go again. She's doing this or that. That's not presence. Presence is literally so simple as in just you're here. You're here with your partner in this moment. 
And when you really go into it, it means that you're meeting your partner for the first time again. That is what presence really is. You come back in this moment because everything else is, is memory. It's thought created. Mm-hmm. How you met, what you did, your history and all of that. Yes, that can be a vital part of a relationship. And your partner is unique and beautiful and special. How about you meet them now where they're at? That is what presence is. And in my opinion, it is what can, it can do a lot of healing when you actually are still together, not still because you don't know what to talk about, but still with intention, with fully being and feeling the other person. It can be incredibly healing and it can bring a very different kind of intimacy into the relationship that has nothing to do with the emotional highs. It has nothing to do with sex. It's just two beings sharing the space together. And at the beginning, that can be strange because we're not used to it. Always, yeah, on my phone, Facebook likes, checking out pictures, all of that. It's very unattractive presence compared to that because that you can always see. Presence you can't see. You can't go and like it. (laughs) It just is. It just is. And the more you cultivate it, the less attractive those highs are going to be. Because it's like those are so short-lived. You get the little high, yeah, someone liked my picture. Or wow, there's this 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 comment or whatever. It's your brain on a pleasure thing, you know? And most people fall into the pleasure trap. Just keep going in the same circle, get a little bit of a high. And presence is the antidote where there's depth and richness. And it is something that is far longer lasting than those short-lived highs. Yeah, you know, it's when you said that it is very heartbreaking and we often see that my hubby and I, Dave, we do date nights, you know, at least twice a month. We have a son and we always commit to doing that and we go out and we are present with each other. And that's the one thing I think one of the strongholds on a relationship is when we are together, just us two, because it's such a valuable time because we are parents now, we don't get that one-on-one as much you know, we really enjoy each other's company and it's just so fulfilling. And we hit the energy flow between us is amazing. And we come up with the most incredible dreams and ideas, but it is very heartbreaking to see other people around us, you know, looking down and not saying a word to, and that is a lot of our culture right now. And you guys were saying something and it just, you know, dawned on me before I forget this question I wanted to ask, you know, in the first bit of our, our, you know, new relationship, you know, we really are in the moment. That is what makes, I think, that honeymoon stage so alive and so energetic and so magnetic and beautiful because we are so enthralled with our partner because they're new and everything's exciting that we aren't on our phones. We're not doing that. We're living in the moment. And, you know, the more you get comfortable, the more you're able to pull out your phone and and think about the things you got to do. Now, would you say that you know, part of the reason why people can fall stagnant in the relationship is because they no longer are living in the moment with that other person. They're off in the future or in the past. Would you agree on that? Yeah. Yes, I would say so. And also because, um, which, which point was it? I think of service. You begin to see not always, I'm just saying a quite an extreme case. You begin to see your partner either as 
your child, like, okay, you got to do that. You're not doing that quite right. Remember to do that. You know, like as someone who needs to play a role and do the right things. And so it just becomes like a little, like a chess chess piece, right? It's like, okay, yeah, that person is here. Check, oh, another person is here <laughs> in the household and, 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 and they're here to do that role and he better, you know, do it right and things like that. But that's not, a human being like you could do that to your fridge yes I come home the fridge is still there still plugged in still standing open it check still cold you know but that's not your husband or your partner mm-hmm. you know that there's a human being there and sometimes we really forget we forget that we're with someone who's changing every day who's going through their own life every day and sometimes we can walk around, you know, come home, make dinner, meal prep, whatever it is that, that your routine is. Oh, turn on Netflix, sit on the couch next to each other, look at your phone, check up on stuff. You know, that's the routine for many, 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 many couples, that evening uh, weekday routine. Now you're physically next to each other, but do you actually recognize that you're in the company of another human being? that you're sharing life together in that moment. And I don't think we do. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of revert back to like, oh yes, there's, there's that person, that chess piece at home. Oh, did he get the list done? It's, it's like the refrigerator. Oh yeah, it's, it's doing its thing. It becomes um, a role that must meet certain, I don't know, a certain performance or certain check off certain boxes. And that turns out to be our partner over time but that's not it. Our partner is a person and they deserve so much more than that. And we, we do too, right? That presence from our partner to be treated and really be seen in all these relationship stuff. In every single of these points, we're just here to help you to make your relationship last because you see your partner and your partner sees you. Mm-hmm. And how is that possible if you don't have presence? Yeah. You know, that's such a good analogy about the refrigerator because it's true. You know, you can really get into a vulnerable state, you know, or so stressed and so in your own world that you almost dehumanize your partner. Mm-hmm. You really don't exactly. see them as another human being. You see them as a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So number six is fun. And this is something that's really dear to my heart because it's something that I I know Dave and I have really put on a very high pedestal in our relationship. And I I believe that's why we we are over a decade as well and we are so strong. So let's hear your take on this one. Yeah. Okay, we're all adults, I'm assuming, those listening to this podcast. But that doesn't mean we have to adult all the time, okay? There are requirements in society we have to go do our job and yes we kind of have to act more like an adult in that kind of situation but and also responsibilities we have at home but that doesn't mean that we have to be so serious and you know those check boxes those lists and those things we're supposed to do you know that doesn't have to be everything and especially when we come across conflict or something that feels heavy it can sometimes feel like that becomes everything you know, we don't see anything else. It's only that thing that bothers us. It's only the, the thing that is not quite right. And we forget everything else. And when you lose that lightheartedness and you begin to harden within your heart and you begin to 
military style kind of treat each other like okay what's on the agenda let's oh you know it turns into this i've we've seen this in so many couples people start to be together they're still a couple but all they're doing is just manage life mm -hmm. they'd only turn into this life or household managing unit but not much more than that not much more fun than that and they forget that hey what like going back to understanding your relationship what is the relationship we want how do we want to feel what do we want to do are there things that you and me when we're together we can do that we can't do on our own and there are things like that you know yeah he's a lot more adventurous than me he'll probably pull me out to do scary things that i wouldn't necessarily <laughs> do myself right? Where I would suggest things and he would come along. That's the fun of being in a relationship, mm -hmm. you know, inspiring one another and taking each other away into their world to explore something that you wouldn't necessarily do because it feels uncomfortable. And just like having a good laugh because you actually messed up and not only looking at what's wrong and what needs to get done and doing life that has its place, needs our time, needs our effort. But that doesn't need to be the job description of your relationship. No, you're actually killing the relationship. Mm -hmm. you, you really are because you're, you're bringing this energy in of always being serious. And just think again, when you're on, on, on the honeymoon, right? You are flirtatious, you're funny, you're teasing each other, you're having fun. <laughs> Go and have fun. Guess what? Even if, if like you yourself, you're going to be more attractive towards your partner when you're lighthearted and fun and in love with life than when you are so serious and everything is bad and, oh, you didn't do this and that. Like, yeah, you know, life is not perfect. You're not going to get everything done. You're going to mess up and make mistakes. So what? You want to be serious about it. You want to laugh about it and move on and do, you know, do it differently next time. Like, there's, there's no reason to 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 keep being serious all all the time. Creativity comes when you have fun, you know, like when you're playing, when you're seeing things from a different perspective. We think we have to be serious in order to solve problems. No, you can actually have fun and solve problems. And so it it just it it it's the energy, it's the vitality in the relationship. And a lot of people think that, oh, you know. Uh, the sex has gone out of the window uh, and, and the vitality is missing because of that. It's like the passion. But you know what? The vitality can express itself in so many ways. Sex can be just, it's just one way. And the vitality comes by being alive. Again, we come back to presence in the moment, now. That is where the vitality is. And when you bring it into the relationship, it enlivens the relationship, keeps it alive. You know, it, 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 it is, it is what, what makes it the relationship not go stale. Yeah, it's so true. And you know, you can just simple things. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Like people think of like playing. Well, what do you mean by play? Like just sit down with your partner and, and play a board game and laugh and be silly. And, you know, maybe go out for a walk in the bush and play hide and seek. You know, any of these little things can really bring just that feeling of, you know, almost youthfulness back into your relationship, especially if it's an older relationship and you guys have been together for a long time. And I know when Dave and I have our time and we go off and we have adventures and we have fun and we explore and we do all these things, you know, it brings us closer together in so many different ways, but it also, you know, 
intimately, intimately, it really does help as well, because you, you bring out that energy that, that, you know, especially as feminine energy, we have a natural playful energy. And when we bring that out, we feel good, we connect with our sexuality. So that's a really good one. Thank you for sharing that. So our last one, and I, this is a biggie, and oh my goodness, could we probably talk about this forever. But the last one is forgiveness. And I think this one is probably in my, in my thoughts, one of the most important ones for sure. So you guys touch base on this for sure. It's actually really interesting because throughout the other points, we've actually touched on it quite a bit, right? So in presence, you're being with your partner, not comparing them to yesterday or what they should do in the next hour. You're just being with them. And the same thing as um, honesty, honesty, being able to open up that conversation of what's really going on, not sweeping things under the carpet. And, and also when we came to service, we talked about not keeping score, stepping away from that power struggle and coming together as a team. All these points, when you bring them together, if you kind of feel into it and you let yourself go there, it will naturally allow you to find forgiveness in situations that is tough. And we, we had to actually really, you know, when we work through that hard, hard, hard time in our marriage, um, at one point we did a lot of work. We worked with other professionals too we really had to seek help ourselves we couldn't we couldn't quite do it on our own at that point it was really broken and once we saw what was happening you know the the things that we've done to ourselves to each other we had to apologize for for our actions um for its impact and not only that, but, but ask for forgiveness in a way where I and you also truly recognized how deeply we could hurt each other and how, because we see that, never ever do we ever want to do that to each other again. And from, from that place, you know, with that humility, with that honesty, with that understanding and with the presence in that presence. So important. The presence is probably the biggest thing here for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You're sitting with someone who has learned something, who has learned their mistakes. It's not the same person who hurt you five years ago, three years ago, yesterday, it's a person who has recognized something deep within their soul. And it hurts for them to say, I know I did that. I didn't realize in the moment what, what, what was going on. It was the best I could do because I was lost. I was, you know, I was in this thinking. I was in this understanding. I actually see the impact of that kind of behavior or that kind of action or that kind of thing. And I never want to do that to you again. For someone to go to that place, that vulnerability, that honesty, and then communicate that and ask for you to please give me a chance, because that's what it is when someone apologizes, a true apology. You are there, you are in presence, 
and you're feeling this new person is a new person who has learned something new in that moment and you're given a chance will you forgive them right can you forgive them do you accept that new experience that person has had and so many people are not able to be in that presence and they're still keeping score they're still looking at yesterday and yes it still might still might hurt the pain might still be there but there's someone new in front of you that partner in front of you if they really feel that right if they really learn that so for us this whole apology and this whole forgiveness was a really vital piece for us to move forward because you can't really love someone fully you can't make a relationship that lasts if you hold a grudge against them if you still don't believe them if you still don't trust them it's you can't build trust with this trust you can doubt you can feel pain you know you can still feel a bit hurt from the past but you're bringing something new right? You trust yourself more because you're behaving differently yourself because you're not the only one who learned a lesson. So this is, this is really powerful. Mm. Just to kind of give a, a very quick two points on this. Yes, there's the forgiveness towards the partner and there's the forgiveness towards yourself because you're part of it. And part of how you behaved has invited this behavior most of the time in as well. So there's a forgiveness needs to come towards yourself as well. That's one important point. The second point is that I want to really make sure people understand forgiveness is not forgetting. It is not hitting the reset button because if you're forgetting, you're not learning. And it is something here that you need to learn because it brought you to this place. So forgiveness means letting go of the emotions, the emotional baggage and not carrying that around and keep hurting yourself. Even if you're not forgiving your partner, you're the one lying in bed having the grudge and hurting. It's not your partner. It's you. So you're hurting yourself and for your own sake, you're forgiving. You're letting that go. But you're taking the learnings on board so that next time you're not going to do the, the same thing going to be clear on your boundaries or whatever it is that that you want to do right so you have a very clear learning and you gain wisdom for that and i that's why i want to make the point because many people have a complete misunderstanding on forgiveness and they think well forgiveness you just let go and then you become a doormat no you don't you really don't see i love how you said that that needs to be clarified because i know i know personally i've done a lot of forgiveness work in my life and you know, the, the grudges I was holding was because I felt like it was a protective mechanism, right? You feel like it's protecting you. It feels, you feel if you, you hold this grudge towards that person, you're almost, you're almost hurting them for what they've done. But people don't understand that the only person that they're hurting is themselves. And the more they do it, and the more they hold on to it, the more that grudge builds and builds and builds and it gets stronger and stronger and, and it just affects them more and more and it pushes the relationship away. So I think that's very good. It's so true. You know, forgiveness will literally set you free in all circumstances. And it doesn't mean that you're weak or less of a person for doing it. I think that for someone to truly forgive somebody wholeheartedly, that takes courage and strength. And a lot of people are afraid of it. So Thank yeah. you for clarifying that. 
Well, guys, you know what? Oh my goodness. That was so good. So I have to tell you that just honestly, you know, and I'm sure the listeners can agree that this is probably one of those episodes where they're going to want to go back and take some notes down or, you know, get out their app on their phone and really record some stuff down because it is just such vital information. And this is key. This is so key. You know, even taking a few of those um, pointers and putting them into your relationship could have huge, huge impact on your relationship. So thank you so much. Now, if the listeners would love to connect with you guys, if they're going through some struggles themselves with their relationships, where can I send them to get a hold of you and continue this conversation off the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to keep in touch with you. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to uh, write us and you can best find us at your exceptional relationship.com forward slash understand you could actually you know take a very practical quiz uh, you'll get a quiz um, on that link you can see how's your communication you know the points that we covered today are you doing some of these little things that might you know bring your relationship more and more off track you can kind of troubleshoot like where where am I at how are how are things going and then at the end of the quiz you actually get our um, exceptional relationship formula so those four steps so that you know how to um, you know bring your relationship back to the one that gives you that love you know that connection that fun so yeah it's a, it's a great place to visit and, and uh, get in touch with us Perfect. And I will have the link to your website at, on the show notes. So once you guys are done listening, go ahead and just scroll down and you will find the link to their website there and you can connect with both of them there. Thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. It was such a pleasure listening to you guys. And I know the listeners really got a lot out of this today. And yes, thank you for sharing your energy and time. Oh, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Inspire Her Health podcast. If you were inspired about what you heard today, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, please help us to inspire more women to live their best by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on your social media. Be sure to tag us at Inspire Her Health so that we may give you a shout out on our social platforms and thank you for your support. If you would like more tips and tricks on how to live a healthier, happier life, be sure to visit us on our online magazine at www.inspireherhealth.com. And while you're there, we would love for you to join our community where you will be automatically entered in for our monthly giveaways, as well as receive weekly wellness challenges and exclusive content to inspire you through mind, body, and life. Thanks again for tuning in. See you in the next episode.